everybody to another episode of the Broken Clock Podcast main event. Uh, this is for Super Showdown 2019 uh, from Jeddah, Saudi Arabia. Uh, as always, my name is Adam, and normally uh, you would hear a bunch of other voices uh, with me here in the room. However, that is not the case today, uh, given the fact that Super Showdown this year is on a Friday afternoon at 2 p.m. Uh, everybody has to work. But despite the fact that everybody has to work, we absolutely needed to have a podcast today because after all, this is the WrestleMania equivalent uh, for some reason. Uh, obviously, I think we know the reason, but they keep touting that this is a WrestleMania or better. So uh, we're doing something a little different. Uh, normally, I'd be joined by the people, like I said. Uh, instead, I'm going to be joined by uh, Digital Joe, Digital Carrie, Digital Tyler, and Digital Johnny. And, and we're still guaranteed to be right at least twice a day because that's the motto of the Broom Clock Podcast. So I have their picks for the... For the card for Super Showdown, uh, I'm going to make my own picks, which i kind of been going back and forth all day on, and I've been wavering a little bit uh, to determine who I think is going to come through and who's going to win tonight or tomorrow afternoon, not tonight. Normally, I'm used to saying tonight, recording this a little bit beforehand, so uh, this isn't taking place right before the, the pay-per-view as it normally would be. Uh, but uh, nonetheless, we're still going to go through, we're going to make our predictions, and we're going to uh, see who walks out champion. Uh, currently, I am the uh, I am the world champion. That's why I can dictate doing this. Uh, that's just what champions do, and literally no one's here to stop me, so it's fine. Uh, I think the intercontinental champion, i got to pull that up, I don't remember. Again, normally they'd be here in the room flaunting the title, and our intercontinental champion is Carrie. So uh, that's where we stand uh, coming into Super Showdown. Uh, I'm going to go over the rules of the game real quick. Normally, we'd have all kinds of uh, banter and back and forth. This one's kind of just going to be a little bit quicker. Still going to go through some of the storylines in each match. Uh, but basically, what we do is we would normally go pick by pick, make our picks for each match. Uh, each match is assigned a point value at the end of the night. Uh, the person with the most correct picks uh, will be crowned our world champion. Uh, second most picks will be our intercontinental champion. Uh, and our Ms. Participation Award is always Joe. The year of Blakesley has not started yet, uh, but who knows? Tonight might be that night. So uh, points, by the way, are used for tiebreakers. So if we have any tiebreakers, we will go through and use the uh, the point values there. We're going to start off top uh, with the pre-show match, which has been confirmed as the Usos versus the Revival. Now these two teams have been feuding back and forth uh, for several weeks, most recently as part of the Shane McMahon faction of just dudes that beat up Roman Reigns. So uh, I guess that's a step up from what they were doing a couple weeks ago, uh, which was weird shower shaving gags and Usi hot in the ring. Uh, something that I don't think anyone found funny uh, was definitely more embarrassing for the revival. I mean, they did their best with it. Absolutely. They did their best with it. Um, you know, they, they went out there and they, they hammed it up and they made it a whole thing. So, I mean, props to those guys for taking just junk material and uh, doing whatever they could with it. Uh, so we'll go through here. We got uh, Johnny up first. Uh, he picked the Usos. 
didn't really have much to say about that. I mean, it is a pre-show match. Uh, not much you can really do there. Uh, then we have Tyler's picks. Now Tyler went a little bit more in depth. So this is the, I think the premiere of digital Tyler, uh, on the broken clock podcast, main event, uh, Usos versus the rival. He says the Usos because the revival don't win shit, which he's absolutely correct on. I mean, they don't win anything. They won the raw tag team championships like a couple months ago, sometime last year, I believe, if not longer ago than that. Uh, and didn't really do much with it. Uh, I think they got, I forget who they lost to, but it was kind of just like a short, uh, well, Fuck you guys, you don't you don't have it, bummer. Uh, so they definitely don't win shit. Uh, why else do you think they wanted to leave? Uh, that's obviously been uh, a rumor recently uh, that the revival have asked for their release. Probably explains the Uzi hot bit, but they've been sticking around and I, being paired with Shane McMahon, like I said, is an upgrade. Uh, I think so. Uh, Tyler also imagines telling, uh, he says, imagine telling your work, you want to quit and they can say, no, fuck that. Uh, which is exactly what's taking place here. Definitely. So he went the, uh, the Usos there. We've got, uh, Joe says the revival. So he's going the opposite. I think he believes that the, uh, the uptick there with Shane McMahon is definitely a positive rather than a negative. And same thing with Carrie. She's going the revival as well. Uh, I don't have, uh, she didn't have anything to say on that match. I don't have any picks from Skip, unfortunately. He'll probably get those in uh, before the show starts tomorrow afternoon. Uh, I'm going to go with the Usos here. I think while I like the revival uh, and what they've been able to do recently in working with Shane McMahon, I think they're definitely getting the the losing side of this. Uh, Usos are big fan favorites. I have to imagine that's the case over in Saudi Arabia. So I'm picking the Usos to win tonight or tomorrow afternoon. I keep saying tonight. It's weird because I'm not used to, we're not used to recording early, uh, let alone by myself. So there's no one to hold me accountable there. So it's probably going to happen several more times. Uh, next match we have is a little bit harder one to pick. This is the uh, 50 man battle Royal. Uh, we don't have a list of who's in the match. Normally when we do a day of, we'll have the list of who's rumored, who's confirmed. Like, cause normally they run through those promos and we just don't have that yet. So uh, I basically put the call out to everybody. Hey, just pick a random person honestly just throw throw a dart at the wwe roster and, and see what comes with it uh because and that's really all you can do they are touting this as the uh biggest uh royal rumble of all time even bigger than the greatest royal rumble which was uh which was last year and but this one's even bigger so uh greatest royal rumble take that uh so let's see who do we have up here uh johnny went with the miz solid pick uh, the Miz was injured, I think, the last time in Jeddah in the world's uh, world's greatest, best in the world tournament. That's what it was. Uh, so, you know, they definitely kind of had him as a fan favorite in that. It's totally reasonable to think that he's going to win this battle royal. Uh, go to Tyler's here. Uh, 50-man battle royal. Uh, if he didn't already have a match, Tyler would say Shane. But since he's already booked in his own nonsense, he's going to go with AJ Styles. Easy thing to have him win without much risk to his injury. That's a good, that's a absolutely great point. AJ recently said he was injured. I don't know if that was to take him out of going to Saudi Arabia. I know because some, some superstars don't want to make the trip. So they kind of have to amend stories. And I think that'll, that plays a lot bigger in one of the later matches that we'll get to. Uh, but if it, if it wasn't, and it was just a storyline reason to keep AJ down uh, with an injury, or if he's really dealing with an injury, we're not sure. Uh, but that's definitely a thing that he could just kind of 
run out there, take a few beatings, kind of hide on the outside, come in at 50, uh, throw a couple dudes over the top rope and walk away with a victory. Uh, easy thing to do there. Let's see, we have Joe's pick, uh, Mansoor, who I should have looked it up when he sent it. Uh, and I'm going to look it up right now because I honestly have no idea who that is. I don't, maybe I'm just not paying attention. I don't know if he's on TV, if he's in developmental. Um, let's see. Oh, the first Saudi Arabian superstar. So there you go. I, I'm, that's definitely a that's definitely a worthwhile pick. I honestly didn't know. Is he in NXT? Oh, yeah, he's in NXT. Uh, so clearly I have missed those episodes of NXT. Uh, but that's, that's Joe's pick. Honestly, it's a solid one. It makes 100% sense why. It's not really hard to uh, to figure that one out. And uh, Carrie went with uh, what is definitely a dark horse pick in John Cena. Uh, she says, I googled who is over in Saudi Arabia right now, and he was the only one that didn't have a match. So clearly somewhere on the internet was pointing to John Cena already being in Saudi Arabia, or at least heading to Saudi Arabia for Super Showdown. So... I mean, doesn't have a match against anybody else. That is a thousand percent a worthwhile pick uh, by Carrie for her 50-man battle royal uh, prediction. My pick here is going to be Ali. I think he's been killing it lately. I don't like the name change. I really like the first name, last name with him. Made sense. It was a good name. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, Mustafa Ali, now Ali. Uh, that's going to be my pick for who I think wins the battle royal uh, just because I think he's going to fill that what would have normally been a Kofi role of like having some cool spots uh, and maybe gets a, gets a win here. So that's going to be my pick uh, for this match. Uh, next up, we have the Lars Sullivan versus the Lucha House Party. Three-on-one handicap match. This has been kind of just dragged on for a while now. I... Like, I get why they're doing it. They're putting him against three people. That makes him seem more intimidating. But he's kind of destroyed them and every week, except for, I guess, the most recent week where they just held him at bay. And for some reason, he didn't attack, even though he had every previous week and was successful every previous week. So it didn't really make uh, a lot of sense there. Uh, Johnny uh, said Lars Sullivan. His, uh, his take on that is, ugh, which is fair. Because uh, like I said, it's just been kind of drawn out doesn't really make a lot of sense as to why this has been continuing. Uh, Tyler said, uh, remember when people saw Lars post racist rants on the internet and they thought Vince would fire him for that? That's so funny. Anyway, Lars wins, obviously, uh, but I think someone's going to get involved after to give him his first real feud, which I think that part's dead on. Uh, you you got to start putting him in a real feud. He's had, I think he's had squash matches on TV before against, you know, local talent or whatever. Uh, but if they want to make this guy feel like a big deal, he's got to face people that the WWE have put faith in before. And the Lucha House Party is a is a good stable. You know, they put on solid matches. They're having fun with the crowd. Like, people are clearly enjoying that. But I want to see him feud with, a, like, a Braun Strowman. And maybe that's too soon for something like that. But I want to see him go on to more mid-upper-mid-card style feuds because that's where they want to place this guy, I think. Um, but I, I definitely, I definitely agree there. You got to really give him uh, a real feud to go into coming out of this. Uh, Carrie said, Lars Sullivan, something tells me that the Saudi Arabia doesn't care about the recent comments, which, uh, my pick here is, is also Lars Sullivan. Like I said, he's just kind of handled, uh, the Lucha house party on several diff different occasions so far. Um, 
I don't really think the match is needed here. I thought he proved his point. I, I guess this is the blow off to this feud. Uh, and I do agree that this will definitely go uh, into the, the next feud for him. Uh, next up on the card is Braun Strowman versus Bobby Lashley. This culminated uh, before this match in an arm wrestling contest this past week on Raw, which, I mean, there's, sometimes those are good segments and it ending with the powder to the face like it made sense and kind of got Bobby Lashley some momentum coming into Super Showdown. So I, I guess I guess that was fine. Don't really care about it, though. I just think it's... They, they've had a lot of these feuds with Bobby Lashley where they don't really know what to do. They just... Like, he had the feud with Sami Zayn where they did an obstacle course for some reason. Like, that didn't make any sense. And so all these, like, feats of strength thing for Lashley just... I don't know. They don't really do it for me. Um, don't do it for John either, who said Braun Strowman here. Uh, Tyler went with uh, Braun Strowman versus Bobby Lashley. Legit wish this was another arm wrestling match, but either way, Braun wins. Uh, I can't I can't agree there. I definitely don't want this to be another arm wrestling match. Like I said, that was that was just awful. Carrie uh, said uh, Braun Strowman catch the oh no Joe said Braun Strowman catch these hands, Bobby. You know everybody's got to uh, catch these hands, which is echoed uh, by Carrie uh, because she said she's pretty sure all of Saudi Arabia wants to get these hands. Uh, so like I said, that's uh, that's just the way it is. I'm gonna go with Braun Strowman as well. I just, I just don't, I don't get Bobby Lashley. Like, I know that he can be intimidating and be this force. I, I don't know. I He was better with Leo Rush, honestly, because at least he had a mouthpiece to kind of just, you know, hype him up. Like, that's what a hype man does. And I'm sad that we're never going to get, show him the pose, Bobby. Hit him with my favorite pose. Because uh, that was, that was legit fun stuff. So I'm going Braun Strowman as well. Uh, next up. Uh, on the card. Again, these are not in the order of the matches. Not really sure what the matches are going to be until tomorrow when the show starts. Uh, but we've got Roman Reigns versus Shane McMahon. Talked about talked a little bit about it earlier with regards to the Usos and the Revival about how, you know, they've been using the, the kind of the undercard of this of this feud. I don't really get the feud. I hate the feud has introduced the wild card rule cuz I'm just not a fan of the same five people. I don't think that's what either show needs is the same five people. I'm not hating the shows as much as I think other people are. Uh, but I, I do think the wild card rule is, is not a good idea. And it's spearheaded by Roman Reigns involvement in the Shane McMahon feud, uh, and bringing all these different people across all these different shows. Uh, Johnny went with Roman Reigns here. Uh, didn't really have anything to say. Um, that one Tyler said, uh, all right, this is stupid, but I'm going Shane. The last time they were there, he won a tournament he wasn't even in. I'm convinced that the Saudis are huge Shane fans, and he wins this too. Honestly, how could you not be? He's the best in the world. He's the money. Uh, and he will just risk his life for absolutely everything. So uh, if the Saudis are fans, I mean, obviously they are. Uh, Joe said, Roman reigns. Roman wins because Roman wins. But it will be because Shane nearly kills himself doing something ridiculous, and Roman capitalizes. I mean, that's a pretty safe bet on Joe's part. Uh, Shane definitely does just a lot of just a lot of shenanigans. But that's why he's great and the best in the world. Uh, Carrie went Roman Reigns because Roman Reigns. And you don't really have to say uh, much more than that. I've been betting against Shane in all these recent pay-per-views in his feud with The Miz. And he somehow was coming on out on top in every single one of these matches. And I know it's Roman Reigns. 
and I know Roman wins, uh, but I think I'm going to go Shane here. I really do. I, uh, I think it's going to be through absolutely crazy shenanigans. I think we're going to get the revival again. I think we're going to get Drew McIntyre involved. Elias is definitely getting involved. Like all of the players that have been involved in this feud are getting involved. And I think the numbers game will kind of overtake Roman. So that way, even in a loss, he still doesn't look bad. Cause like, Hey man, you got beat up by five dudes and all you had was you and your cousins. So, I mean, I could see him kind of getting away with it there. Uh, so I'm going to go Shane as well. Uh, next up, on the card, uh, we have what will probably be a really good match, uh, but I'm kind of bummed out hasn't had a real build up to it. Though the promo match, uh, the uh, the promo sparring back and forth this past Monday was fantastic, and that was to hype up Triple H versus Randy Orton. Everybody knows the story. Everybody knows about evolution. Everybody knows about all the betrayals and the thumbs down and uh, all that different stuff. Um, this they've had a million matches. All of them are pretty good. Uh, you know, Triple H just had a really good match at WrestleMania. Orton kills it all the time. Uh, definitely going to be a good one. I really enjoyed the line uh, where Randy asked if uh, Triple H could go ask Stephanie to get his balls back. Uh, and Triple H just absolutely turned it around on him and said that he actually needed Stephanie's help because his are so big. And you got to give it up to Triple H. And Orton did, which was really funny. He just went like, yeah, good on you, man. You... Oh, that was a good one. You you got me. You got me good. And that was legit uh, pretty funny. Uh, Johnny goes Randy Orton for this one. Thinks the Viper is going to beat uh, his former mentor, uh, Triple H, the biggest Randy Orton guy uh, in the world, said the following. Sad this ain't a legit feud again. I agree. Uh, it's my favorite of them all. He's going Orton. There's absolutely no reason whatsoever Triple H should win this debate despite the fact that there's an 80% chance that he actually does, uh, which I think is hundred percent valid because I mean, you're a businessman now, triple H and a hall of famer, uh, props to you for that. But, uh, yeah, you don't need to beat somebody who's on the regular, uh, roster. So definitely a, a worthwhile, uh, prediction there. Uh, Joe said triple H, sorry, Randy, uh, you know, Hey, what can you do? Pretty good, uh, pick either way. I mean, that's, what's going to be so good about this match is, Either one can win, and it makes sense if either one were to win. Uh, Carrie then said Triple H, because when you're the boss, you don't lose, which is, uh, you know, that works for Shane McMahon. Uh, so why not work for Triple H? This is one of those ones uh, where I've been going back and forth on, because, you know, as Tyler echoed earlier, it is really a, uh, you know, it could go one or the other in terms of who's going to win this. They're both kind of part-time right now. Obviously, Triple H is more part-time. Uh, because he's got his CEO, you know, uh, stuff and NXT and all the different things that he has going on. But I, he beat Batista. I kind of think he's, and I know Batista wanted to like have one last match and go out like that. Um, but I, I kind of think that, I kind of think he's going to beat Orton. So I'm going to go Hunter as well. I think one of the reasons for that is, uh, they showed at the previous Saudi Arabia pay-per-views that these legends, these, you know, Attitude Era guys that have been around for a while, those are really, really big fan favorites over there. A lot of the fan, a lot of those type of people won matches in the previous years. Um, so I think that Triple H is one that they, they would love to see win. I mean, anybody really would in a match kind of like this. So I'm going to go Triple H for that very reason. Uh, next on the list... 
We have another Legends match in one that we never thought we'd see uh, from the old Attitude era, WCW era, to guys who like I'm honestly surprised didn't have a match when uh, Goldberg was here earlier. He never fought The Undertaker. So first time ever, Goldberg versus The Undertaker. All the build we got for this was on Monday and Tuesday. Undertaker came out, said, I'm the dead man, and you're next, Goldberg. And, you know, we all went, oh, my God, he said the other guy's promo. It was cool. And it was like a minute and a half at the end of Raw, and they've been teasing it the whole episode. I guess he said more after that, but I honestly didn't go uh, to YouTube or WWE.com to watch it. So I missed what he said. Uh, but Goldberg came out, cut a pretty good promo on Tuesday, talking about how he's not going to be the family man Goldberg who brings his son to the ring. Uh, though right after saying this, he like hugged a bunch of kids. So I'm not really sure where he stands on that. But he said he's going to be the Goldberg of old. And he's hoping to fight the Undertaker of old. And I don't really know what that means in 2019. If either one of them can do it, they've both been pr putting on some pretty short matches in their recent, uh, in their recent encounters. Obviously, uh, Goldberg hasn't wrestled for quite some time. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, Johnny's going Goldberg uh, for this one. Didn't give any kind of hot take there. Uh, Tyler said in the Goldberg versus The Undertaker, not going to lie, Taker appearing behind Goldberg on SmackDown and Goldberg just turning and laughing in his face was a cool moment. This one definitely rustles all of my, I can't believe I'm actually seeing this Jimmy's. Uh, he's going Undertaker, uh, but he won't be butthurt if Goldberg wins. Uh, I definitely agree. That moment where Goldberg just turned in the mystique of the, the lights went down. Lights came back up. Undertaker's there. Goldberg just turns and just laughs in his face. And that's an absolutely epic, undefeated Goldberg moment. Just staring down the mystique of The Undertaker. Uh, I definitely thought that was a cool moment as well. Uh, Joe said, Goldberg versus The Undertaker. Double DQ somehow. Uh, so normally we'd, we'd kind of verify if that's a... The match never starts, or it's a double DQ, double count out. Like, I don't know if he specifically wants to make one call. I think if neither person wins, we might be inclined to give it to him since we're not here uh, in the moment to be able to verify uh, that for him. But uh, double DQ somehow, so no winner uh, in that match. Carrie went with The Undertaker because what's dead may never die. But also because if they're going to continuously revive The Undertaker for big shows, they have to throw him a W at some point. Makes total sense. I don't remember his last match, but I think she's right. I'm pretty sure he lost it. it oh, it was the uh, it was Undertaker and Kane versus Triple H and Shawn Michaels. Although I think they did win that as a tag team match, but I don't I don't remember. Uh, this is another match that I've been absolutely torn and going back and forth on. I don't I don't really know who I'm gonna pick even now. And I could pull the old, uh, you know, I have I have the chance to change my pick. It's it's going to be, you know, at least another you know, 14 hours before the show starts. So I definitely have time to make my pick before I submit it to the rest of the group. But I, uh, I don't know. I'm kind of inclined to go Goldberg here. I mean, I know they're both coming back for the big payday because that's what these Saudi Arabia trips are about. But I honestly, I honestly don't know. I think... I think I'm going to go Goldberg on this one. I think they're going to get more mileage out of The Undertaker than they will out of Goldberg because he, he just continuously keeps coming from match after match uh, where Goldberg's a little bit more sporadic. He doesn't have that history of coming back time after time. So I think they're going to get more leverage out of The Undertaker. They have that chance to give him those Ws again. I think I'm going Goldberg on this one. 
think I'm going to stick to it there too. Uh, next up, we have the demon Finn Balor, and he was confirmed on Monday Night Raw uh, that it will be the demon. Whether that changes between now and when the actual pay-per-view starts, we'll see. But Demon Finn Balor versus Andrade for the Intercontinental Championship. Uh, Johnny went with Demon Finn Balor. Tyler went with, pull it up right here. Uh, he thought about this for a while and then confirmed it was the Demon Balor. And that motherfucker isn't losing to fucking Andrade. Get out of here. I mean... That, that makes perfect sense. Um, that's actually my pick too, uh, because of that very reason. I just don't, the demon doesn't lose. I know the demon isn't what it was in NXT. And even when he first came up where they were giving it backstory and kind of explaining what the demon was and why it only came out at certain times. And they never really stuck to that. But they, the one thing they have stuck to is uh, the demon doesn't lose. And I can't imagine that they're um, for this kind of pay-per-view for this kind of like, nothing feud. I mean, the feud's been fine, but it's just not, it doesn't seem like an important feud because there's been several weeks where just neither was on TV. So for something like that, I don't think this is a time where you remove the mystique of the demon. I think demon Finn Balor has got to win here. Uh, Joe said demon Finn Balor as well. Uh, but then just said, man, clearly those missing weeks on TV, uh, may have affected Joe and his pick there. Cause it's understandable that if, when you don't have a champion on TV, you don't get a chance to, tell a good championship story so the championship match at the pay-per-view doesn't hold uh, as much water. Uh, Kerry echoed the same sentiment as a lot of us. Uh, I think this is a straight wash right now. Uh, Demon Finn Balor, the demon doesn't lose. Uh, and that's just that's just one of those like WWE rules. Like It's a lot like The Undertaker at WrestleMania for a long time. The, I mean, the demon will lose eventually. That's an inevitability. I mean, it has to. There's no way this character that they use sometimes, not all the time, doesn't kind of carry through. I think if he's the demon all the time, he would absolutely have lost with it by now. But because they're still keeping it a kind of a special thing, uh, it definitely makes sense that the demon's just not going to lose. Uh, next up, we have the first of our two main championship matches, Kofi Kingston versus Dolph Ziggler for the WWE Championship. Uh, this one has been, it's been okay. Uh, it, Dolph Ziggler showing up out of nowhere was an absolute surprise. I thought we had seen the last of Dolph Ziggler. I definitely did not expect him to come back immediately into a championship program. Uh, I mean, the reason being, it said that Kevin Owens doesn't want to go to Saudi Arabia because Sami Zayn's not allowed to go to Saudi Arabia because of political reasons. So, I mean, they're clearly, storyline or not, they're, they're best friends. They've been friends for a crazy long time. Uh, Owens is said to have elected not to go. Needed a quick fill-in for that. Dolph Ziggler kind of checks that box. The last time he was there, he lost in the finals of best in the world, which I think plays into the storyline they've been telling of Dolph saying it should have been him. He should have got those opportunities that Kofi got when Kofi mania took place uh, before WrestleMania this year. And then at WrestleMania where he won the title, I think uh, that Dolph's been making some pretty good points. I kind of like the whiny way and where he's like, it should have been me. Uh, I've quite enjoyed that a little bit. Um, so it's, it's not been a, a bad feud for something I don't think is necessarily going to stick around uh, for the long term. Uh, Johnny said, Kofi Kingston? Uh, seriously, Dolph? Which, yeah, exactly. I mean, he came out of nowhere. I'm not excited that he's here. I don't really like Dolph Ziggler, so I kind of echo the seriously Dolph. 
Uh, Tyler said, Kofi wins. The Ziggler thing is going to go on for a while. And it's going to be just as awkward the whole time. I mean, it's certainly possible. Dolph Ziggler tends to overstay his welcome. That's kind of a thing that Dolph Ziggler does. I think this one's still going to be short. I think Kevin Owens gets back into the program after this whole thing's over. uh, And they do either a one-on-one at Stomping Ground or possibly a triple threat with Ziggler at Stomping Ground to kind of ease him out of the feud, maybe. Uh, So uh, we'll see. But So Tyler thinks it's going to go on for a long time. Uh, We shall see. I hope it doesn't uh, as clearly he does, too. Uh, Joe said, Kofi Kingston, seriously, Dolph? Yeah, seriously, Dolph. Like, seriously. Uh, Carrie also said, Kofi Kingston, you can't possibly think Dolph Ziggler actually gets to have a belt right now. Totally agree. Uh, I wasn't clear from the context of my thoughts on it. It's definitely Kofi Kingston. Like, there is no way Dolph Ziggler is winning this. I guess the only way I could see is through like a DQ of some kind, uh, which maybe sets up the triple threat. But I think that would only happen if Owens was there. And I, and I just believe that he's, he's definitely not going. So somebody else could cause the interference, I guess, but uh, that'd be the only way I could see Ziggler winning, obviously not getting the belt. uh, But even, I don't think that's going to happen. I think it's going to be Kofi uh, clean in the middle of the ring. All right, last up, we have uh, what has a lot of storylines going into it. Some good, some bad. We'll, we'll get into it a little bit, uh, but it is Seth Rollins, your universal champion versus Baron Corbin uh, in a universal championship match. Now, the big piece of this, which kind of makes it a little hard to call, at least for me, uh, is that Brock Lesnar is your money in the bank briefcase holder, like it or not. I personally have been laughing my ass off at Boombox Brock because Boombox Brock just does not give a shit. Like, he's hamming it up and he just looks like he's having a blast. And I know people hate Brock and I know that there's a lot of backlash regard. And like, I get it. I absolutely get it. But I don't give a fuck Brock is is my favorite kind of Brock Lesnar. Uh, and, And this is the I don't give a fucking kind of Brock Lesnar, not the kind that doesn't show up every week, but this is the I don't give a fuck Brock Lesnar who is there and just having a ball. I mean, the boombox bit at the very beginning was funny. Like the very first night after Money in the Bank. And props to Brock Lesnar. Ever since winning the briefcase, he has been at Monday Night Raw every single week. I'm pretty sure. Uh, which is impressive considering the, the knock against him is that he never shows up. So showing up for, I mean, granted, it's not even a full month. So I'm really giving him a lot of credit for absolutely the bare minimum of effort. But at least he's been there. And I, I've been having a blast with it. When they took the boombox bit, then made it into a boombox, and then made it into a t-shirt that said Brock Party all day. I was I was loving every minute of it. I know it's stupid, but I was legitimately having a blast with it. Uh, Johnny's not having a blast with it. He's echoed that sentiment so many times. He like he bemoaned the whole post show after Money in the Bank about how much it sucks that Brock Lesnar has the Money in the Bank briefcase. Um, but ultimately, we're talking technically about Seth Rollins versus Baron Corbin. Uh, but Johnny said Seth Rollins, and the crowd loses when Brock cashes in. Uh, so he's picking Seth to win the match and uh, Brock to cash in afterwards. Uh, didn't say whether or not he thinks Brock cashes in successfully, though the crowd losing part makes me think that that is 100% uh, his stance there. 
All right, we've got Tyler's pick. This one's a little bit of a long one. Uh, this shit sucks. Not only do we end up with the goddamn B-Corbs in the main event of this match, looming over it is a Brock we've learned loses his fucking mind when you give him a briefcase to carry? Fuck you. Anyways, I think Seth wins and Brock catches it, and we don't see that belt again until SummerSlam, which is entirely possible. Uh, clearly, people are not as much of a fan of stupid, goofy Brock as I am, because uh, they they all legitimately hate uh, this whole idea. Uh, I... I I gotta say, it was funny that Brock didn't realize at first that he had a whole year to cash in. And when he's just like, I have a year! And then walked out. That was great. I don't agree with the beating up Seth and not cashing in. Because that's just stupid. Just do it. Uh, right then and there. You have him beat. And then you make this match here a triple threat. Or a Seth Rollins versus Brock Lesnar straight up. Get Baron Corbin out of there. Push him off until stomping ground or something. That way you get a Brock match at Super Showdown, at the Saudi show, um, but don't have to give him the belt going forward. Uh, I think that would have been the better play here. Clearly, everyone's going to hate uh, when Brock cashes in and becomes Universal Champion, if that takes place. Uh, Joe here went with the biggest dark horse of them all uh, and said Baron Corbin is going to win this match. Uh, he says Brock is actually going to jump Seth early in the night and cash in on him before the match. Uh, the match will officially be changed to Brock Lesnar versus Baron Corbin, uh, since Baron will be the number one contender still at that point, uh, and there are no automatic rematches anymore, so that kind of checks out story-wise for once. Um, so he says that uh, Brock will beat the crap out of Baron, but an injured Seth will interfere, knock out Brock, and help Baron get the win. Now I had to clarify, because what I was reading did not make sense to me in my brain. I said, Joe... Are you legitimately saying that Baron Corbin is your new Universal Champion? Uh, and he said yes. <laughs> he absolutely, uh, absolutely said yes to that. Um, and Tyler even said uh, that he'd be willing, uh, he's willing to hesitantly and begrudgingly admit uh, through a clearly disgusted expression uh, that he agrees with John who said, I'm going to say it, I'd rather have Baron than Brock. Which is a, set, a sentiment I never thought I'd hear any of those people echo uh, because of their absolute uh, disdain for Baron Corbin. But uh, Joe is picking Baron Corbin uh, to be your new universal champion uh, coming out of Super Showdown. Uh, Kerry went with a much more conventional Seth Rollins. Uh, Rollins wins the match. Brock cashes in after. That seems to be the sentiment here. Uh, I'm actually going to, for this match, not pick either Baron Corbin or Seth Rollins. Uh, because what I'm going to do is I'm going to pick Brock Lesnar. And the reason I'm going to pick Brock Lesnar is I think that Brock Lesnar is going to cash in mid-match. Just like Seth did to him at WrestleMania. Uh, and that Brock is going to come out of it as the champion. Kind of just giving a big fuck you to Rollins for what he did at WrestleMania 31. Uh, because what that does is that immediately allows the announcers to compare this moment to a WrestleMania because they've, uh, as I said earlier, they've been building this up as a WrestleMania equivalent. So uh, ultimately, I think that's what's going to happen. I think that uh, it's a lot about the, the show and a lot about the the whole thing and the, the hype up around this. I think Brock Lesnar is absolutely walking out of this show uh, as your new universal champion. And I think it's going to happen in a WrestleMania esque style, not in a typical 
oh my god, he cashes in. Because those moments are cool, but those aren't like WrestleMania cool. Uh, the way Seth Rollins' cash-in was at WrestleMania in the main event. So I think uh, that they want to kind of make that comparison. So I'm going to go Brock Lesnar actually wins this match. And he's your new uh, Universal Champion. So uh, that's actually going to do it for this uh, prediction show. Uh, a little bit shorter than usual. A little bit harder to do when uh, it's just me. But, you know, everybody else uh, gave their input and their feedback, and we're going to figure out tomorrow at 2 o'clock uh, who's going to uh, walk out our champion, uh, who's going to get the most picks, who's going to have the most points, and who is going to be our new champion. Uh, we're going to find that out tomorrow. Haven't decided if I'll do a post-show yet, so just in case, I'm going to wrap it up. Um, once again, this has been the Broken Clock Podcast main event. Remember, you can find the main event uh, typically the Monday after every WWE pay-per-view, but uh, this one's on a Friday and is probably going to, you know, I think at this time I'm going to put it up uh, beforehand. So um, hopefully that's when you're listening to this is before uh, Super Showdown and then potentially there will be a, a post-show to come after Super Showdown. Uh, but typically you can find it the Monday after every WWE pay-per-view on Google Play, iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, and Spotify. Uh, you can also let us know on Facebook and Twitter at Broken Clock Pods uh, what you think is going to be uh, the best match of the night beforehand. Uh, what are you most looking forward to seeing? Uh, and whether or not you think Brock cashes in and when he does it, uh, let us know on Facebook and Twitter at Broken Clock Pods. Uh, but once again, uh, for the Broken Clock Podcast main event, my name is Adam. Uh, I want to thank everybody else, Johnny, Carrie, Tyler, and Joe for sending along their picks, sending along some takes. Uh, it was nice to meet the digital versions of everybody. Uh, and I hope you enjoyed listening. And thank you so much. Mm-hmm.